Hi, this is Bill Bishop, and welcome to my Big Ideas show. It's upside down, and it's sideways. So, welcome to the uh, what is, in fact, a historic moment, because it's the very first uh, episode of my show, my Bill Bishop Big Ideas show. So, I'm kind of excited about this, and it's uh, definitely uh, an experiment. So we're going to see how it goes, and um, this is going to be a weekly show every Monday afternoon, Eastern Standard. So hoping you'll be able to tune in and uh, enjoy enjoy the show. So we have a lot to cover here. I'm going to uh, take about half an hour to 45 minutes, and I feel like I've set up some really interesting things to uh, to talk to you about. So the very first uh, story I want to share with you is about American Airlines and its Sabre system. Back in late 1950s, the owner, the, the CEO of American Airlines was on a flight, I'm assuming American Airlines flight, uh, and he was sitting right beside the CEO of IBM. And they started talking about their, uh, about American Airlines and how they would book flights for, um, for people back in the 1950s. In those days, it was totally uh, not digital. It was no computers, anything. Basically, if you wanted to order a flight for American Airlines, usually it was a travel agent would call in to the airline, and they would talk to a person who'd be sitting there with a piece of paper in front of them and say, this is the plane that's going out two weeks from now, and these are the seats that are available. And they would literally write the person's name in this little form that said, this seat now is taken by... Bill Bishop or whoever. And this was how they did it. And they'd been doing it ever since they started the airline. There was about 10 people that did this job. But as the airline started getting bigger, a lot bigger, this no longer was a system that could handle it. So what they had to do was they had to think of new ways. And so it just happened, and this is sometimes what happens, it's these chance encounters, that uh, these two guys started talking and IBM, the guy from IBM said, you know, listen, I think we can help you with this thing called a computer. Uh, we can help you create some kind of system for that. So they put their heads together, these two companies, and they came up with what they called the Sabre Reservation System. And there's the, uh, uh, the original kind of logo for it there. Uh, and I tell you this story because it actually has huge implications for things that are going on right now. And I've known this story for a long time, and it was always very inspirational to me, uh, right back when the beginning of my business almost 30 years ago, because uh, I believe that this was uh, a model for doing all kinds of really cool things in the digital age. And th this is a model for something you can do that could really help you with your business and your marketing and actually create perhaps new sources of revenue. So. What happened was that as they developed this system, American Airlines had this huge competitive advantage um, over their competitors because the, the system was so much faster, right? And uh, so the travel agents were very much more uh, interested in calling American Airlines than these dinosaur companies that still did it with people, right? Um, and eventually there was, uh, they gave all the travel agents uh, a computer. It was often their very first computer and said, here's the system. It's a terminal, it connects to our computer, you know, our mainframe computer, 
And you can just book the flights directly on there and then print out a ticket and hand it to the customer in the store. Now that sounds all very, you know, old fashioned today, but in those days that was amazing uh, uh, innovation. So what happened was then, of course, American now they have these computers and their travel agents have another competitive advantage. But the next iteration was the most interesting, and this is really what I want to talk to you about, was that they decided to start putting the other airlines' uh, information on their system, which initially they were hesitant to do, right? Because they said, well, they're our competitors. But they started to realize that if they had this platform, which I call it now, uh, like this, that they would be able to kind of corner the whole um, market because... Uh, what they what they were basically doing was getting money not only for selling their own tickets but they were also getting money for selling the tickets of their competitors and it was all because they decided not to compete but to kind of cooperate right and the other airlines were uh kind of you know it was at this point they couldn't create their own system they tried but it didn't really work people travel agents just wanted to go to one system find everything everything there so this uh, business, Saber, the Saber uh, reservation system, actually became a bigger business than the airline. It became more profitable, uh, and eventually it split off from uh, American Airlines, became a separate company, um, and it's now owned by Expedia. Expedia bought Saber, and uh, and now it's become this big business that does all kinds of things, not just uh, airlines. So, so that business is still going on, Saber, but it's not part of American Airlines anymore. But the point that I'm making is that if you create this kind of network and this kind of platform, you can have a real competitive advantage over everyone you're competing against. Uh, and you can do it in all kinds of interesting ways. So, um, so what I wanna show you is a way that, um, that we've been using it um, and, and you'll see what I'm, what I'm, how, I, how it applies to what American Airlines did. So, so let me just switch over here to uh, my browser. So what we've uh, created, and this is just one example of this, so that we've got other ones, but uh, this is the one that we created recently. Uh, it's called the Advisor Resource Network. And uh, you see, one of the markets that I work with, not, it's not exclusively, but a lot of my uh, members in my program are in the financial service industry. And uh, they uh, uh, are a good, you know, they're great for our program, the Big Idea Adventure. They love it. We've had about 1,500 advisors, financial advisors do our program. So it's a, it was one of our segments, right? So, uh, so what we did was we said, well, there's all these other companies that are trying to provide services to financial advisors who we could think of as competitors, right? We could just think of them that way and have a big battle with them. But based on you know what I've been telling you here, um, we decided to take a different route and create a network that would actually include those people. So you'll see it's called the Pfizer Resource Network. And it says, we'll help you uh, promote your um, uh, services to top financial advisors. And uh, we'll help you connect, communicate, and close. So there's a whole bunch of information there about this. Uh, and it's to get, uh, you know, it's that information to say, listen, you should be part of this network because we're going to promote you to financial advisors, all right? Which is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to promote myself to financial advisors. Well, I'm now going to help them do it, right? Who are, like I say, sort of competitors. Now, one of the key things about this uh, is that there's a directory. So 
um, if you click on this right here, that directory button, you'll go there. But I'm just going to go to the tab because I already set it up. And uh, you end up with this directory. So, um, so this is a directory that we run. So you could think of it as the American Airlines reservation system, right? So we put not just our own information on here, because you'll see if I click on consultant, for example, um, there's all these people now. Uh, Patrick Power, Julie Haggerty, David Brown. Oh, and there's Bill Bishop right in the middle of there. Uh, but just one of them, okay? So, but you'll see that, you'll notice that I came up on the first page. And this is what American Airlines did. They, they, uh, um, they would always have their flights come up on the first page of the Sabre system, okay? So they, uh, and they, what, what, what they found was that travel agents uh, would 82% of the time pick, the, pick a flight that was on the first page. And an even higher percentage would pick the one that was at the very top sometimes. So, so that was uh, an interesting thing. So, so this is what we've been doing. And, and what I do is I just uh, connect with these people and I say, listen, I'm going to put a listing on here. And if you want to have a more advanced listing, talk to me and I'll put that on there. Um, now, this is going to create all kinds of business for us. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave that one with you to think about how would Bill create business from this? Uh, and essentially, I'll give you one clue, though, that there's this whole other network, okay? And the whole other network is one that has uh, financial advisors in it. So actually, let me show you that one. Uh, here, I'll just show it to you. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's the, um, hang on, uh, hold on here. There we go. Uh, this is the other network. That's it, like a flip, okay? So these are the performance advisor network. So these are financial advisors on the other side of the network. And there's a whole directory of them on the other side of it. So basically what I'm doing is I'm taking these two groups of people, uh, the financial advisors as one network and this other network of people who want to sell things to those advisors and I'm connecting those people together. So I've created this platform now. This is a, this is a new factory. It's like um, if I was a hotel chain, I would have created Airbnb. If, or if I was a taxi company, I would have created Uber which would be then to, in fact, give business to competitors, essentially, right? But realizing, well, actually, that's a better business than just being a, you know, an old factory where I'm just selling my own thing. Okay, so, that, so that's, uh, this is uh, one of the concepts that um, we're, uh, we're, we're encouraging people to, to start thinking about is how would I apply that in my business? Okay, so, so that's the... Uh, that's the first uh, concept I wanted to bring to you. And, and the whole idea of this show is I'm just throwing out all these big ideas to you. And some of them feel like they are upside down, they're sideways, I, unconventional. I, I'm not sure how to take it at first. Um, how would that apply to me? But that's actually the point I'm trying to make. And I'm not trying to actually make it really clear right now exactly how you would use this, okay? Because it's all, it's really about the art of unconventional thinking. It's about thinking, okay, what is some different ways to think about things? And you may not have a practical application of this quite yet. But as you go along, you might see, oh yeah, actually, um, I think I got an idea. I get an idea from that. And it might not be a direct concept. And it may have 
nothing to do with what I was talking about, actually, as well. Okay, so so this is kind of world I live in with the big idea company is that we're always doing this sort of lateral upside down thinking and you never know where it's going to go. Right. It's very, very cool. Um, and the only thing I can say about this last concept is we have other clients, members of our program doing this kind of thing. Um, and they, believe me, are through the moon. Like I have one guy I'm working with right now and he told me, look, my, my brain's exploding. There's so many possibilities. Like there's so many ways I can think I can make money from this um, that it's crazy. And one of the ways to make money from it is just actually get more business for your existing business above and beyond. Like what American Airlines did, they got business from uh, doing this, but for themselves, and then it became an even bigger business spun off as a its whole business in itself. So, so that's our first uh, concept today. All right. So yeah. So I talked about the advisor resource network, and and the other just one last thing to say about that is that it's uh, it's all tied up with what I've been writing about in this new factory thinker book uh, that I wrote. Um, so if you haven't read that book, I suggest that you do. Okay, so obviously that's very self-serving, um, but I'm really telling people, listen, you know, get it and read it. And listen, if you don't have the money and you want to read it, just send me an email. I'll send you a copy of it. I mean, really, I, I just want to make sure you've read it because it, it will completely change how you see business. Okay, so uh, so I just want to get that information into your head somehow. So whatever you want, you can buy the book. It would be very nice if you did. But if you want me to send it to you. As a digital version, I'd send it to you. Okay, so send me an email if that's the case. All right, and then and then the other thing is it's all tied into our new economy network, which is another network we've created. So once again, building networks—that's what we're up to in this world of networks. Um, and uh, that new economy network has got different chapters. We've got uh, tomorrow. I'm giving a presentation in. Hamilton, Ontario, to about 70 people. It's part of the New Economy Network. Um, it's really connecting our company to a much wider group of people all over the world. Um, so first step, what I'm saying is start thinking about networks. How can you create a network, a platform? It could be like something like American Airlines, could be something else, but it's based on those principles. Okay, so, so that is the first thing. Think about that. All right, so now we're going to go to the next thing. So we're talking about Airbnb. Now that's a network, right? And I just already mentioned that. But I'm going to talk to you about Airbnb uh, for a different reason. Um, that uh, it's it's kind of interesting too. I, for me, about Airbnb because I, I've always been really fascinated by that business. Um, I think it's a great business. I think it's really helped a lot of people. Uh, it's disruptive, and there's been some problems, but generally speaking, uh, it's pretty cool. So. Um, but what Airbnb has done, yeah, they're going to do, they're in the process of doing it, is that they're essentially creating a film studio. So it's going to be Air and Airbnb Studios. Now, you might be thinking, what the heck? Why would American Airlines want to create uh, a movie studio, right? But if you think about it, like Apple's created a movie studio now. Um, uh, Amazon has a movie studio and now Airbnb wants to get in the game. So and essentially it's really fascinating because uh, it's a it's a value hub thing, right? They're, they're expanding their value hub. If you don't know what a value hub is, um, it's from my book, New Factory Thinker. And it basically means that these companies think of not that they're in an industry or a product or service, 
but that they build a value hub, like a hub of value that is all different things possible in there. It's, they're sort of connected, but you know, there's sort of an ecosystem of things. So Airbnb giving you, you know, way to rent out your house or rent a house or a room. Uh, but now they're saying, well, yeah, but we can also be in the entertainment business and it'll all fit together, right? Because when they're showing these movies, um, then they can actually um, promote Airbnb while people are watching these movies. And when people are renting Airbnb, they could be watching these movies while they're, they're Airbnb. Um, probably be some kind of streaming service that'll be available for anybody that has an Airbnb location, right? So you, instead of going to Airbnb and watching Netflix, you'll go to Airbnb and turn on the turn on your TV and watch the Airbnb movies and shows and stuff like that, right? So you can see how this is going. Um, and they've already made one movie already. So they made this movie, Gay Chorus Deep South, okay? It's the first movie that was produced by Airbnb. So Airbnb made a movie, okay? And it's called Gay Chorus Deep South. And basically it's about um, gay men I think, well, not all gay men, gay men and women, in this uh, choir. And uh, they uh, went down into the deep south where there's been a lot of uh, problems with LGBT rights and so on. And they went right into the heart of things. And they said, we're going to put on concerts and we're going to put, that's what the movie's about. Uh, so Airbnb got behind that. And uh, they've, that, that's been showing at film festivals and, it's, you know, it's promoting their brand and it's, you know, and so on. So, um so this is uh, a strategy that companies like this are using. So, so how does that fit with what you're doing? Yeah, I would assume most of you don't have a company quite as big as Airbnb, at least not yet, right? So how would you apply that? And what I'm trying to tell you is that you can think of this way. It's like, I'm gonna create a studio, all right? I'm gonna create some kind of studio that's gonna produce content or at least curate content um, that will be complementary to my business and help me promote my business because this is the world we live in. There's all this, there's the internet. We all have phones, we all have computers and stuff. And the content of the internet is movies and emails and blog posts and social media and so on, right? So if you wanna be part of that world in any way, you can't just be like, you know, tweeting. It, you really need to be a, a contributor of the content, right? And uh, so this is these, this is what I'm suggesting you get start getting right, mind around is I'm going to do marketing. I need to be a content creator. I need to create some content, right? And you can start off very simply. Okay, so I'm going to show you a simple way to do this. Uh, let me just bring that up. Okay, so this is uh, um, an email newsletter that goes out by a fellow named Vincent Dejean. This is his uh, um, his uh, newsletter, and he sends it out every couple of weeks. It's called the Fashion Knowledge Network. It's the Fashion Knowledge Network Report, or Fashion Knowledge Report. Um, and essentially, it's just three uh, little little um, sentences and a link to something of interest on the internet about fashion. Okay, so essentially, what he's doing is curating. Uh, information that's already on the internet already. So he, he doesn't have to create it, right? It's like Amazon probably won't, in a way, create their own content. They're more like a curator. If somebody wants to produce a movie, they're going to find somebody to do it and make the movie, right? So um, so curating is a first good step, is to say, there's lots of content on the internet. Let's find it and then curate that and then put it out there. And he's gone from just a handful of subscribers 
to um, dozens of them that, uh, well, not dozens, dozens, sorry, I misspoke there. He's got 5,000 plus subscribers now. And, uh, and this has totally elevated his reputation in the fashion industry, right? And it's continuing to grow. He's going to probably have very soon 10,000 subscribers of people are trying to get this, want to get this email. And the thing is, it's just three links to things on the internet. But he's gone to the trouble of doing that. And this is a value to people because they don't want, want to go looking for that stuff. He can find it for them. And they go, oh, yeah, okay. Quickly, they can look at that stuff and go, that was great, right? And it was so good that they made him the, uh, the, the um, what is it, the director of the Shanghai Fashion Institute. He's from China. So, and so there, you know, there's another thing. He's, English isn't even his first language, right? So here he is creating this English language newsletter um, and doing great with it. And it's not even his first language. So, um, and it's not a lot of work. It takes him about 10, 15 minutes every couple of weeks to do. So at a minimum, you can start doing that. All right. Now, I'll just show you one thing I do that uh, is part of my content. So I, obviously, I'm creating a lot of content. I'm in the business. Um, I love doing this part. So this is, uh, this is you know, something I just love doing. Um, and one of them is I create a podcast. So the whole thing is under the umbrella of the Big Idea School. Um, so I suggest people create a studio or a school or an academy, whatever you want to call it. You call it something. Uh, ideally, you have a big idea and then you attach those words to it. Um, and you start creating this stuff, right? And you can just record these things right on the phone. Um, it's it's uh, really quite amazing um, how easy it is now to create content like this, just with your headphones or your earbud or whatever. Uh, and you could just talk into it and, you know, think about what you're going to say, talk for about 10 minutes, and you can upload it to something like Podbean. This is the host of this. So Podbean is the company that has a platform where they will host podcasts and this works really really well um my um my wife um Ginny, she's uh, uh a doctor and she has a, a a a center it's called the mindful mood center uh and she i suggested years ago that she do a podcast i said you could put it up on podbean and uh, at this point, she's got 42,000 unique, uh, 42,000 listens. I don't know how many people that is, but thousands of people have listened to her podcasts and, you know, 42,000 listens here. Like <laughs> she's the one, she's like, I can't believe it. You know, I said, yeah, you're reaching a whole worldwide audience. Uh, it's incredibly helpful to people. And, and she's like uh, kind of a rock star now in this you know, mindfulness movement out there in the world right now that's going on. So, uh, so she's, she's uh, just loving that. So, so we want to be, uh, do a little bit of, you know, like Airbnb's doing, um, create some kind of content and uh, you can start small. I'm not suggesting you're going to make a big giant movie or anything, but what's the content that you're going to create somewhere? You got to, you got to start making that happen. And uh, it, you'll find that it's really great in so many ways. Okay. And the third thing now. All right. So, Cannes Wonderland. Cannes Wonderland is a theme park uh, just north of Toronto. 
I've been there several times with my kids when they were little. Um, and it's been around for a while. So they decided to create something new there. And it's called the Yukon Striker. It's a, it's like the ultimate terrifying roller coaster. Okay. And, uh, and it, here's what it looks like when you're, this is what, <laughs> kind of what it looks like. Okay. Uh, and basically you're upside down most of the time. Uh, it goes like 125 uh, kilometers an hour at some points. Um, it's, uh, there's a, there's an 85 meter drop um, into a, a hole in the ground and you go down through it. Okay. I, I can tell you right now, I am never, ever going on this thing. Okay. <laughs> that is, that is like, you can, if you want to put money on that, you could put all your money, your savings on that. And you, you can bet that I will never go on that roller coaster. Okay. It's, it would kill me. I'm sure, you know, would break my neck just by screaming too hard. But anyway, um, so this is a, this is a, a new, thing there. And, and I, I saw this and I go, oh yeah, you know what? That, this is really what the life of an entrepreneur is. You know, it, this is really what it means to be in business is that you're on a roller coaster. All right. And you're upside down on this roller coaster. And some days it's just, woo, it's fantastic. Other days you're screaming. Other days you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Uh, it's a real roller coaster, right? And, and and most of us we're not telling all our friends this is what's going on, but I know this is what's going on. It's like uh, it's just the way it is. It's like the weather, right? So why am I talking about roller coasters? All right. Well, you know, I'm trying to help you, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm helping you. And you might think of yourself an entrepreneur. You might think of yourself as a uh, business owner, you might be a CEO of a company, but you know, you're definitely a leader, right? And um, you're going to be in that roller coaster. Now, I've been in uh, coaching programs. I've been in a bunch of them, uh, different, you know, motivational coaching and all that sort of thing over the years. I've been around a long time. I've been through a lot of these programs. And one of the things they're always trying to do, which I, I initially I thought was good, but then I realized it was a problem is they're trying to really motivate you by getting you really hyped up, okay? And saying, yeah, I'm great, and it's great, and we're gonna, I'm feeling confident. It's this big thing, it's a confidence game. They're trying to get you to feel really confident, right? And they say, you, you need confidence. And I don't disagree with that, that you need confidence. But the, uh, the, the thing is, is that these techniques of trying to get you to feel confident actually ultimately make you feel not confident, okay? Because Think about it. The more that you have to think you have to try to be confident and you need to do all these things to feel confident, whether it's exercising or listening to some kind of tapes or something or, you know, uh, going outside and jumping up and down or whatever it is you might do. I'm not against those things necessarily. But uh, but if they start making you they say, this is what I have to do to feel confident, then you realize, yeah, hey, maybe I'm not really that confident. Right. It's like I, I have to do these things in order to feel confident. That means I'm not confident. So that's why I say ultimately it's not sustainable and actually kind of makes it worse. And now I'm not saying everybody's like this, but a lot of these people that put this stuff out, they want you to become hooked on this stuff. You go, you know, they say, listen, you know, I'm not feeling confident. Oh, use more of our stuff. Buy more of our books. Listen, buy, take more of our course and stuff, you know, because you have to do this unless to feel confident. And you see where I'm going with that. So I, I, I started, I remember I was in a taxi, I was going downtown to a meeting and 
guess what? I wasn't feeling that confident going into the meeting. It just, you know, it was just that I was feeling physically, weather, you know, something had happened with some client or something. So like all these conditions had conspired against me to make me feel not confident. And uh, I thought there's got to be another way. And it was so obvious to me at that moment. I said, intentions, intentions. What are my intentions? So I started thinking about it. What are my intentions? Well, my intentions are I'm just trying to help people. That's all I'm trying to do. I love helping people. And in any way I can help them, I'll try and help them. And if they pay me money for that, that's great. But I'm really starting off, I'm trying to help people, right? That's absolutely true. It's not like I'm trying to rip anybody off or do anything like that. Um, I'm just trying to help people. And I knew that deeply, that that was my integrity, right? That was who I was. I also, though, realized that that intention, no one could take that away from me. And it wasn't uh, dependent on conditions. Whether there was good things or bad things going on any given day, I was a feeling physically or whatever, my intentions would be an anchor that I that wouldn't change. That was that's was solid. Okay. So what I'm gonna suggest here, all right, as part of this, you know, my course, I mean this show, whatever, uh, is we're gonna talk about intentions a lot. What does that all mean? And what are your intentions? And start thinking about that. Because um, if you start to get your head around this, I'm telling you, it makes you feel so much better. And no matter what's going on around you, you can say, these are my intentions, just carry on. Because that way you can just keep going and you, you don't go into like a, a shutdown or something, right? Okay, so, so and, and I think like if you still want confidence, that if you really get in, in touch with intentions, that'll make you feel more confident, <laughs> okay? And it won't have, and it won't be an up or down roller coaster that we tend to end up with. So, so, um, so, so intentions are kind of everything, okay? And and then I'm also going to talk about integrity because that's all part of intentions. But we won't get into that today. I've laid one kind of heavy on you here, so we'll just leave it with that. Um, but I might suggest that you write down on a piece of paper what are my intentions, and you know, and then, and here's the one thing about it is like, yeah, you can write whatever you want down on there, but it can't be bullshit. Okay. Um, my dad had a great expression. He was a business person and he knew a lot of people. And he said, he said, don't ever start believing your own bullshit. Okay. Cause you can talk yourself in, Oh, I have these intentions and it's not true. Okay. So if your intentions aren't actually that great actually right now, and they're a bit self-centered and stuff, you know what? That's all right. And I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you, you know, at all. It, it, it's that you've got to see that though. You say, okay, wait a minute, I'm pretending I don't have these bad intentions. And that's a start to having good intentions because you actually, everyone can have those. It's, it's, I don't know. We don't talk about that in our society, right? It's uh, it need, we need to talk about it more. So, so don't believe your own bullshit. <laughs> okay. Watch out for that one. That's brutal. And I, everybody's done that too sort of a delusion. Okay, so so what's the next thing? All right, okay. So one last uh, really cool story here. Uh, and this is a great story, I, I loved it. Uh, and it gives me so many ideas uh, about, um, uh, about things. So in, in, in California, there in Los Angeles, there's a hotel. It's called Magic Mountain Castle, Magic Castle, Magic Castle. 
And uh, if you go on TripAdvisor, it's it gets the number one rating of any hotel in uh, Los Angeles. So more than the Four Seasons, more than the Marriott, whatever, number one uh, rating. Okay, and look at it. It's like kind of a weird looking place. It looks like a bit like a castle, right? But it's not looking any super fancy or anything. Okay. And yet, why is and so people say, why is it getting such amazing reviews, right? Is it got like amazing waiter, you know, service people? I mean, I'm sure they're fine, but how are they so amazing, right? And actually, the uh, the trick, and this is a, this is a, such a simple thing, actually, in a way, um, is that when you go there, and you go to the pool. Let me look at the pool. It doesn't look that fancy, right? Definitely not fancy. But there's a phone there. And the sign says that it's the Popsicle hotline. So you're sitting out at the pool. You go up to the hotline. You call. Like kids love this, right? And you call in. You say, uh, that the person that's phone, Popsicle hotline, how can I help you? And so, well, I'd like to get a Popsicle. Uh, you know, I'd like a banana Popsicle or a grape Popsicle. And, uh, and then this uh, guy comes out or woman uh, dressed in sort of a kind of a cool little uh, outfit and has a, like a tray silver tray and there's the popsicles on it and they give it to you and yeah and you can have as many popsicles as you want okay like it's all included right um and when people leave there and they're thinking about magic castle they remember that popsicle thing like how much does the popsicle cost the place like five cents probably right but they remember this because it was such a cool thing right you call it for the popsicle you know you can't do that it's uh four seasons they probably think you were crazy right so so this was a like a big idea that this uh, hotel had, and it's the thing that will be memorable. So in my work coaching people, I'm always saying, listen, what's your big idea? What, you got some big ideas? Like, you know, the problem that people have is they think, I have a really good business. I do a really good job for people. Yeah, and there's a thousand hotels that do that, right? But the Magic Castle had the Popsicle hotline. And that's what people remember. And it gets the best reviews. It gets more people coming there. And they may actually have all other factors may not be anywhere near as good as other places. But this big idea is the thing that sticks in their mind. So what's your popsicle hotline? Have you got one? You know, like it's not actually that hard to think of it. You just got to think, yeah, I don't want to just do the standard thing, which I call the penguin stuff. You know, you don't want to just be a penguin. Um, what's that cool thing that you could do, right? What's your popsicle? What's your popsicle hotline? And I, I uh, just to give credit where credit is due, um, I read that story about that. I'm reading this book right now called "The Power of Moments" by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. You know, and they they wrote those books, uh, "Made to Stick" and "Switch," uh, which I love those books, and they're very well written. Uh, lots of interesting stories in there. Always get great ideas from those books, right? Uh, so. Power moments, and in that he talks about the uh, uh, the moment when you go to the hotel and you can order your popsicle, right? Neat, eh? That's it. So I'd recommend you read that book and think of your big idea. What is it? And uh, this is the kind of stuff that, that I actually write about in my book, The uh, Return of the Lobster. So you notice that name, Return of the Lobster? <laughs> Okay, it's like the popsicle hotline. Okay, it's the same thing. Like people hear my talks, they see the book, they go, "What's this lobster thing? Why is there a lobster claw there?" 
What is that? What's going on? They don't forget it. No one ever forgets it. All right. The book, if I didn't have that title, I don't know if anybody would ever want to read it. Right. But the title, that lobster thing, that's like a, a thing, that big idea that pops out at people. Right. And, you know, that, that's the sequel, by the way, to my first book, the uh, uh, How to Sell a Lobster. Okay, so if you haven't read that one, read that one first, by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, that one you got to buy. I'm not going to give you that one for free. No, that's, no way. Okay, so so we're back to the beginning again, American Airlines, and um, lots of lots of uh, lots of ideas there. Okay, uh, and as I go forward with this show, I'm going to keep looking for interesting stuff to talk about. Um, Always to try to give you something uh, new to think about and generate. Like I, I find that, you know, even if you don't necessarily do some of these things at first, which you can't do them all anyway, but uh, is that it just gets your brain going, right? And then suddenly, you know, an hour later, because your brain has been going, up pops something that would seem not necessarily connected to, uh, to what I was talking about. But it was actually because it was an exercise creative exercise of your brain. And I find that once it becomes very, uh, it's like a nuclear reaction, you know, things start spinning off and suddenly, you know, there's this uh, explosion of an idea that is just earth shattering. So, so that's what, um, that's what I'm hoping will, I will instill in you is that spirit of that kind of creativity, right? By showing you these things. Uh, and I, I really love finding it. Uh, you know, so I hope you, uh, will keep coming back to the show. Uh, I'm going to be uh, posting this to uh, YouTube. Um, going forward, I think we're going to be actually just streaming it on YouTube. So that's where you'll probably come to to, to watch this. Um, so I'm going to direct you to that YouTube channel so you can also subscribe to that. Um, and that way you'll get alerts and it'll be right there whenever you, time you want to watch one of these episodes. Um, you can do me a favor and share it with other people so that they will come and watch this too and I'll, I'll be able to meet them um and and then just the last thing that uh, i always tell people is that if you have a big idea or you want a big idea uh that's what we do at the big idea company this is our my company and we offer a free it's a special thing a free big idea conversation so if you want where you know you can find the links in different places like in the information here that you'll see below the video um, you can uh, book a time with me um, here. I'll show you the just basically the uh, browser there. Um, you can book a time with me when um, you click on it and you just pick a time and we're going to have that big idea conversation uh, and you'll get uh, all kinds of ideas from that and it will help you um, uh, take your business to the next level. Okay, uh, you know, like the one th the other thing I'm just going to say because my show, I get to say whatever I want, uh, is that uh, I'm, I am very excited about the future. And I'm very excited about the economy and all these amazing things that people around me are doing and, and so on. But I, I tell you right now, there's so much negativity there and, and there's so much uh, backward thinking going on. And uh, it's, 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 it's kind of sad in my mind because it's really sad because the future is incredible if you make it if we make it incredible but there's all these people who want to take us back to the past and and uh, we're not going back there 
It, it, there ain't nothing back there to go back to anyway. Uh, there's no opportunity in that. Uh, so we need to band together here and say, you know, listen, listen, guys, I don't know what you're up to and what you're thinking, but it's not the 1950s anymore. And we need to start thinking forward. So that's another big part of what I'm going to be talking about. It's like going forward, think about the future. Let's make things happen here because the status quo ain't cutting it anymore. All right. So thanks for listening and uh, look, have a great big idea week. And I look forward to uh, talking to you uh, next time.